This last Sunday, we touched on the issue of joy and its opposite, despair. Uh, Only touched on them. And the very next paragraph in 2 Corinthians 4, I believe, is an important paragraph about joy. Let's look at it this week on Beyond the Notes. Okay, right out of the gate, because some of you are really, really good with your Bibles and your Bible software, and right away, you're going to catch me that this next paragraph, this final paragraph of 2 Corinthians 4, which I've already said, I believe, has a lot to do with joy, doesn't even include the word joy, and you're right, and you caught me, but it certainly includes the idea. The, uh, the, The phrase that I'm going to bounce off of is in verse 8, which we covered Sunday, this this statement of Paul's that we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair. Now, that's important. Uh, I I don't think it's hard in uh, in the world of of this nearly a quarter of the way through the 21st century, this time and place in which we find ourselves, I don't think it's all that hard to be perplexed. Now, without apology, I'm a, I'm a boomer, and our generation in this modern age is accused all the time of being inordinately perplexed because so much of the day-to-day stuff of life simply did not exist even when we were young adults, which we no longer are. And you know, there's something to that. The pace of change in life is dizzying to folks my age. And I'm not, well, not all that old. <laughs> but even when you, you scan the headlines, the, the world behaves in puzzling ways. And so it's, it's perfectly unsurprising that we would often be perplexed, let alone the layer of, of our, our expectations and desires and aspirations because we, we know God and we know that God is at work in this world and we know a bit about his character and his motives and his operations from what he has told us about himself and his word. And yet sometimes at a glance, things seem to, to be operating in the moment in ways that aren't consistent with that. And so I think a, a, a person that strives to be both biblically aware and at least a little up to speed on our life and times is going to be perplexed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. I made the statement in the message on the Lord's Day that that despair and joy will not coexist. And I think this paragraph beginning in verse 16 uh, gives us the dynamics of joy and why joy will drive out despair. Remember our definition of joy. The joy is that that sense of, of settledness and contentment that comes from knowing that in Christ, everything that's going to matter forever 
has been taken care of forever. And you'll see in this paragraph where I've derived that definition. Verse 16 opens, so we do not lose heart. Now that's, that's an echo of the statement up in verse eight. We are not driven to despair. Despair and to lose heart are pretty close to synonyms. To despair is to lose heart. And here Paul reiterates, we do not lose heart. Um, our position is one of non-despair. Now, right away, you might say to me, uh, Pastor Russell, have you, have, you, have you looked at the news today? I have, and it's bad. And the good news is I don't even know what date, whether it's the week we're, we're first putting out this podcast or whether you're listening to this podcast in what is today five years in my future. I can state with confidence that if you look at the news today, it's bad because that's been true every day since I've been old enough to look at the news in whatever format, and I have a feeling it'll stay true. The news is generally not great. But we do not lose heart, though uh, our outer self is wasting away. You know what? I wrote out in the margin of my Bible beside that right here. I wrote, what worse news could there be? Now, I want you to get what he's saying here. He's saying we do not lose heart, though our body is on its way on a collision course with utter failure. You, my friend, are dying. And I'm dying, and everybody I know is dying, and everybody I've ever known is either dying or already dead. And you say, well, that's really, really bleak. It is bleak. But once you get that, and he's saying specifically, we do not lose heart in light of that. The worst news that could possibly be, you're crashing toward death. And you say, yeah, well, the economy's in the tank. Well, that's not as bad as the fact that you're dying. Well, the situation with, I don't know, the Chinese is getting tense. It is. Oh, and by the way, you're dying. And the weather is funny in the Northeast. And yes, it kind of is. You're dying. If you can handle the you're dying part without despairing, you should be able to handle most current events reasonably well without despairing. That's his point. Our outer self is wasting away. But our inner self, here it comes, is being renewed day by day. There's something going on on the inside that looks far deeper and longer than what's going on on the outside. He makes an even more, I think, eyebrow-raising statement in verse 17. Now, he's, he's just said in verse 16, and again, he's used semi-poetic language, our outer self is wasting away, to politely say that you're on a collision course with your own inevitable death. <laughs> But verse 17, he says, for this light momentary affliction, this light momentary affliction is how he's labeling this predicament you and I are in that we're dying. And you might say to me, well, there, there are other bad things happening and Paul doesn't understand how bad it is for me. No, but be careful because you might not understand how, how bad it had been for Paul. He's been 
He's been stoned and left for dead. He's been abandoned by his friends. He's had all kinds of trauma and drama enter into his life. Paul was not a Pollyanna. Paul was not living behind rose-colored glasses. And yet he labels the trials of this life as light momentary affliction. I wouldn't have the gall to call it that if he hadn't. Because you and I both know life's got some real heavy stuff in it. But this light, momentary affliction that is life on earth as we are now is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That is, everything that's going to matter forever has been taken care of forever. It really has. And between now and experiencing the best of that, we're going to have to experience some of the worst of what this fallen world can throw at us. Verse 19, the last verse of the chapter. Actually, it's verse 18. As we look not, here it is, as we look not to the things that are seen. That's an interesting choice of phraseology because how can you look at something that's not seen all all i have available to me as i sit here in the in the uh, mcgregor podcast studio everything i can possibly look at is a thing that is seen but this is not a function of my eyes this is a function of my heart my will and my faith we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient. As I sit here in the podcast studio with my, with my, my brother Christian over at his production desk and a beautiful artificial plant and some stuff and some other stuff, none of what's here, including me, my brother, and, well, you, are going to be existing in our present form on this present earth just a few scant years from now, we're passing through and all of our stuff with us and all of our issues and all of our struggles, the whole package. And by the way, all of our victories as well, the, the, the ones that don't lean into eternity. I don't mean to be glum, but it's all just passing through. The things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal or to put it another way the things that are eternal are unseen i don't know where you are today in terms of your joy despair index but i want to encourage you if despair wants to get you in its grip and you would say to me brother russell there's a lot there is a lot to despair over you know what i won't even argue with you I'll agree with you quickly. In fact, I'm not uninformed. But there's a lot to be joyful about. In fact, I would argue for the child of God, that which is true, that which is worthy of rejoicing, forgiveness, right relationship with God, the anticipation of eternity in heaven. Well, that just outweighs whatever your or my present source of potential despair is. In fact, you could even call all of the troubles of this life 
a light and momentary affliction. I want you to think about that. Hopefully be blessed by it. I hope by now that you are liking and sharing these podcasts. If they're a blessing to you, drop us a comment or let us know that this is a blessing. At any rate, I'm Pastor Russell Howard, and I look forward to talking to you again next week on Beyond the Notes. Mm-hmm.